podcast. Enjoy the show. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. Hello, and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. The bar is now open. Welcome to episode 56. I'm your host, Justin. I'm John. And screw Kyle. Screw you, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle is not with us this week. <clears throat> nope, he flaked. Of course. He probably didn't watch the movie. We'll just call him corny. Because yep. he's flaking. Woo. Yep, yep. There we go. Well, so that means there's no... Has Kyle seen it? But the answer is probably no. So just remember that. Most likely. It is most likely no. But the first movie bar Blu-ray review is now live on YouTube. This week I covered um, Cocaine Bear. So it's a short, less than five minutes video. So you can go and check that out. I probably should have done it a lot sooner, but I forgot about it. Yeah, what you gonna do? Yep. All right. Any other uh, fun mumbo jumbo? Have you ever seen the movie Ice Cream Man? Seen it? No. Heard of it? Seen the box for it? Yes. Know who's in it? Yes. They're making a sequel. So. Tis the time. Yep. Every last inch out of money you can out of everything. Pretty much. So, something to look forward to in the future. Mm-hmm. So, and the original guy's returning too. Wasn't that the one done by Clint Howard? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. What's going on over there? Kids dancing upstairs? Yeah, they are eating, so they're in the kitchen, so they're directly above my head. So they oh. just got home. Oh, late night. Yeah, I had to pick up one kid. Oh. oh. <whistles> okay, that was loud. Sorry. Hopefully they heard it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all right, well, let's get into movies we've watched then. We'll let you go all right. first. All right, so I watched... um. Deadly Exchange, which was kind of like a lifetime style movie about this mother and daughter who take a foreign exchange student from the UK and she's not who she made out to believe she is. So it was pretty good. I watched Secretary, the Maggie Gyllenhaal and um, James Marsden, uh, James Spada movie. I continued with the Saw series, watching Saw 5, 6, and Jigsaw. I forgot all about Jigsaw till I saw it on Voodoo. Uh, I watched uh, Unfaithful with Diane Lane and um, Richard Gere. I watched Unforgettable with Katherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson. Taxi with um, Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. That, that's a funny movie. With the most unbelievable scene of Queen Latifah biking through the city. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, watched Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Then I watched Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. I watched National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation and Face Off, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, we're now going to play a game called One of These Things is Not Like the Other. Justin watched Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Liar Liar, (laughs) Me, Myself, and Irene, and Ghostbusters. Hmm, I wonder which one it is. I'm gonna go with Ghostbusters. Sorry. Hand on a gym. I was watching Ace Ventura and I was like, you know what? He had a great year that year. Let's watch The Mask. And I was like, ah, we gotta finish out the trifecta. Let's do Dumb and Dumber. And then I'm like, well, goddammit, these other ones are classic too. I gotta watch them. So, yeah. That's yeah. where that goes. You didn't watch Dumb and Dumber. Two, no. though. No. Stuff with well, the classics. Well, Kyle, what did you... Oh, that's right. He's not here. Oh, shit. All right. Well, then, I guess we'll go on to our picks of the week. Ah, uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> so, my pick of the week is Face Off. Obsessed with bringing terrorist Caster Troy, played by Nicolas Cage, the Justice, FBI agent Sean Archer, John Travolta, tracks down Troy who has boarded a plane in Los Angeles. After the plane crashes and Troy is severely injured, possibly dead, Archer undergoes surgery to remove his face and replace it with Troy's. As Archer tries to use his disguise to elicit information about a bomb from Troy's brother, Troy awakes from a coma and forces Doctor Who perform the surgery to give him Archer's face. This was released on June 19, 1997. It was directed by John Woo. This is a good movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how there was no sequel is beyond me well they could have gone so many different ways I, I guess Nicolas Cage did say there was a possible sequel in the works and it would have been Travolta and Cage going at it again but with a twist so they swap butts uh, <laughs> I don't know all right. Well, thanks to my little rabbit hole, my pick of the week is Dumb and Dumber. Imbecilic best friends Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn stumble across a suitcase full of money left behind in Harry's car by Mary Swanson, who was on her way to the airport. The pair decide to go to Aspen, Colorado to return the money, unaware that it is connected to a kidnapping. As Harry and Lloyd, who have fallen in love with Mary, are pursued across the country by hired killers and police, they find both their friendship and their brains tested. Released December 6, 1994, directed by Peter Farrelly. I mean, this is just, this capped off a hell of a year for Mr. Jim Carrey. And I mean, this is, it's just a classic. I mean, who, who, it really is. Dumb and Dumber. Who can't name half the lines from it and quote it practically in their sleep? Huh. I mean, such a great movie. Simpson, Samson. Oh, Samsonite. Oh, we were way <laughs> off. Look at the <laughs> ass on that. Movie. Yeah, he must yeah. work out. <laughs> and I love it at the end when the um, Hawaiian tropic girls show up 
Oh, yeah. And what are like, you We're doing? looking at you, guy. Oh, yeah, it's back that way. You got to go the other way. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, that that is a classic movie. I remember the first time watching that. It's okay. I'm a limo driver. And he runs off, off the freaking platform at the airport. Uh, all right. All right. I'll wrap up our picks of the week. And now it's time to head on to our main topic of the evening. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Released February 4th, 1994. Directed by Tom Shadyak and distributed by Warner Brothers. The box office was 107.2 million. The cinematography was done by Julio Macat. Music by Ira Newborn and is rated PG for off-color humor and some nudity. And it is currently not streaming on anything, which is a surprise. Yeah, it comes and goes. All right, our cast of characters. We have the one and only Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura, Courtney Cox as Melissa Robinson, Mary Sean Young as Lieutenant Lois Einhorn slash Ray Finkel, spoiler alert, Tone Loke as Emilio, Dan Marino as himself, John Capodice as Guado, Noel Willingham as Riddle, Troy Evans as Roger Pedactor, Raina Shine as Woodstock, Udo Kier as Ronald Camp, Frank Adonis as Vinny, Tiny Ron as Rock, Dave Margulies as Doctor, Bill Zuckert as Mr. Finkel, Judy Clayton as Martha Hurtmertz, Alice Drummond as Mrs. Finkel, Rebecca Ferrati as Sexy Woman, Mark Margolis as Mr. Shikadance, he's his landlord, Randall Tex Cobb as a Gruff Man, and Cannibal Corpse as themselves. So, this movie opens up, pretty much sets the tone. He is walking down the sidewalk, all dressed up as the, you know, fake, uh, what can Brown do for you driver, and just absolutely kicking and throwing and dancing with that's, this package. That's how I deliver mail at work. I believe it. Um, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. All the way down, and uh, he uh, winds up knocking on a apartment door where Gruff Man answers. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've never been a delivery guy, but he shakes. He goes, "Sounds broken." Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I mean, we have stickers for that situation. Ah, <laughs> uh, but uh, so he uh, he at some point stopped and. You saw the poster for that dog there. Um, but he winds up taking the guy's dog right out from under his nose, distracting him and replacing it with a furry little stuffed animal, which, I mean, come on, that's a good trick. Yeah. Work on some people. Um, but as he's getting away, a uh, gruff man finds him, starts beating the crap out of his car with a baseball bat, and thus leading to that signature ace hanging out the window driving style. Yes. I mean, for an opening uh, opening scene, I mean, I thought this was uh, pretty good. I mean, it set the tone for the movie. It's, you know, it's silly. 
And it's a little over the top, but not crazy. I mean, did you know? Did you know originally it wasn't a pet detective? It was just a detective, like a like a um, Sherlock Holmes type character. Well, I'm sure. But I definitely feel I mean, that that the the pet detective really gives him like you know that extra kick. Yeah, that he probably it, needed. It makes it out a little bit better. It makes it. You know, because if it was just East Venture, a detective, you know, half of his antics just wouldn't, yeah. just wouldn't hit the same. You'd and it's a lot. Sorry for him than laughing at him. Yeah, it's a lot funnier too. Like when he's at the apartment building, yeah, trying to get away from the landlord. I heard a dog. No, no dog here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking, it's a zoo. <laughs> Go well, he's he's also mocked by the police department, led by Einhorn, who finds Ventura insufferable. But uh, it's about two weeks before the Super Bowl, and the Miami Dolphins mascot, um, the Dolphin Snowflake. I don't know, was that a real mascot for them? Oh, I'm sure they actually had a Dolphin mascot at some point, and but uh, probably still do. <laughs> you know, um. The team's chief publicist, you know, we see the dolphin getting kidnapped, taken out of the tank, and you see this little gem fall to the bottom of the tank. So the chief publicist for the dolphins, Melissa Robinson, played by Courtney Cox, who looks like she hasn't aged much, hires Ventura to find Snowflake. Um, while searching the tank for clues, he does come across the triangle cut orange amber stone in the filter, and Ace suspects that billionaire Ronald Camp may have stolen Snowflake as he is known for collecting exotic animals through less than reputable means and sources. Um, you know, when he's in the, when, when he's in the pool, like looking and the press is there and it's just get out of the tank. He, he, he travels to the beat of his own drum. He really does. Yeah. But I mean, they were great, you know, little Star Trek references. I yeah. just checked on Jim! And all the faces he can make. I mean, yeah. there's a reason he had a successful year that year. Yes. Multi talented. Yeah. So, working off the clues, uh, Ventura and. Melissa wind up going to Camp's party, um, where he uh, kind of sneaks himself away via the bathroom uh, to where he is traipsing around this dude's property. Comes across a gigantic tank with some, some bucket of fish up top. Decides to you know make his play to find Snowflake. Spoiler alert. Not Snowflake. Nope. Big old shark, which drags him back and forth. He's screaming, yelling. He gets out, soaking wet, all beat up, but realizes definitely, definitely not camp. Um, but he does recognize the ring there, and he realizes that that stone came off of that ring. So now he's got to start going through all of the 1984 AFC Championship Dolphins. 
to figure out who is the kidnapper of this wonderful little dolphin. Well, shortly after that, Roger Predactor, the team's head of operations, mysteriously dies after falling from an apartment balcony. Einhorn declares it a suicide, but Ventura proves it was murder because the soundproof balcony glass were closed when the police arrived, despite a neighbor claiming to have heard screaming. That scene, I don't know if that was really soundproof glass or... But the changes, the tone of his voice from, ah, ah, you know. Oh, yeah. Definitely crazy. And, you know, he's upstaging the police now. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, I mean, you don't have to have the straightest of lines to connect dots, you know. He's just showing a different way to do it. And he's actually paying attention. Yep. And anything is possible. So now, after having gone through all his suspects on his picture, uh, they are in the uh, the you know the office looking for receipts for these rings to see you know maybe is given to you know because a lot of those rings they go to secondary employees, staff, all that stuff. Yep. But he sees a different photograph on the wall from the 1984 championship team and asked who this mysterious person who wasn't on his picture was only to find out about the mule Ray Finkel who was only added to the team mid-season but is the scapegoat for the Dolphins missing out on winning that Super Bowl the laces weren't out this is out, Dan. <laughs> so, going off of this Finkel scenario, Ace finds himself at his childhood home, or his home. Well, no, his childhood home. And he he meets the Finkels, Ray's parents. And that's where Ace learns that Finkel always blamed quarterback from alleg- allegedly mishandling the ball before the kick and became so fixated that he was committed to a hospital for homicidal tendencies. How about that bedroom? (laughs) Well, Dan Marino himself gets gets kidnapped from a photo shoot where two guys were supposed to run in and quote-unquote sack him, but they sacked him and picked him up and ran him out the door. Um, So Ace returns to the police station, Like, I think we skipped over it, but when he first goes to the police station and he's talking out his butt <laughs> with Tone Loke. Can I ask you some questions? And when he's sitting on the seat and he's, <laughs> oh, now you really made him mad. Well, Ace visits Einhorn, pitching his theory that Finkel kidnapped both Marino and Snowflake in an act of revenge. And he was offended that the Dolphin was given Finkel's old team number. And a field goal trick to boot. He also theorized that Finko murdered Podactor while the latter discovered him snooping around his apartment. Um, yeah. Go ahead. And then comes the point John loves. At this point, Einhorn starts complimenting Ventura 
and gives him a big old smooch to dissuade him from continuing the case since there's now a suspect. But Ventura refuses. He's still under contract to the Dolphins to find Snowflake. And that's when we get the line, your gun is really digging into my hip. (laughs) (laughs) Now Ventura and Melissa, they're off to the mental hospital to get more evidence and see what uh, Finkel left behind there. This whole scene was... So, man, you know, there's a point where it's like, you know, I get it's a movie, but I I think he kind of pushed the football thing a little bit too far, but that was pretty funny. The whole rewind thing. Let's bring that back. If it needs to replay. (laughs) I mean, that classic. (laughs) When they're walking down the hall, it's now time for halftime. (laughs) <laughs> it goes over to the water fountain and but their plan works. Yep, he does. They get in there. He breaks into the uh storage area and finds Finkel's possessions and inside these possessions aside from everything saying die Dan die laces out does find an article about a missing hiker named Spoiler alert! Lois Einhorn! Mm-hmm. Now piecing together this evidence, Ventura, to his shock and disgust, must now come to the fact that Einhorn is Finkel. And Finkel is Einhorn. Mm-hmm. Took advantage of the position of coming Einhorn in the, her position in the Miami police and is now going to get revenge on Marino and the Dolphins. Well, it's now Super Bowl Sunday, and Ace is on the case, and he's following Einhorn, which leads to an abandoned yacht storage facility where she has Marino and Snowflake held hostage. Um, Einhorn then calls the police, blaming Ventura with no proof. Uh but Melissa and Ventura's friend, police officer Emilio, played by Tone Lowe, is suspecting the deception, stage a hostage situation to get police to listen to Ventura. And to prove that Einhorn is Finkel, Ace strips her of her clothes, first tries to pull her hair, then claims that her, her breasts are fake, then pulls her skirt off, hoping to see, like, you know, junk. The bulge. The bulge. But with a little help from Marino, he spins her around and she never got the anectomy and vaginoplasty necessary to perfect the skies. And Prodactor discovered during a date with Einhorn and was pushed off the balcony to stop him from revealing it to the public. This scene... Probably wouldn't fly nowadays. No, but, most of this movie doesn't fly anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But but this scene was friggin' hilarious because he's like so sure, like, oh yeah, the hair will come right off. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's not a wig. Okay, these, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, 
Now we get Einhorn slash Finkel getting arrested by the police after attacking Ventura. And you see him grab the ring and confirm the missing stone fits perfectly. Or, like a glove. Mm -hmm. Marino and Snowflake are welcome back during halftime at the Super Bowl. And Ventura, while getting his shout-out, is beating the ever-loving crap out of the Philadelphia Eagles mascot swoop over the rare pigeon that he just knocked out of the base's grasp. $25,000 for that pigeon. But that scene, <laughs> fighting the, the Eagles mascot. Great animal lover. Yeah. But, I mean, this is, it's Ace Ventura. I mean, how many of these lines have we been saying for the last, God, what's it now, 30 years? Yeah. Almost. I mean. You know. Oh, righty then. Mm-hmm. Even, this, even the second one has some classic lines. Like, oh, the second one is great. Bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee, Bumblebee tuna. Because after watching it this morning, I was walking around with Bumblebee tuna. A bumblebee tuna. Yeah, my kids walk around going, Shikaka. <laughs> when he's, you know, eating the um the guano. Ooh, guano's good. Guano. That's bats droppings. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the rhino. Oh <laughs> the rhino. <laughs> oh look, the mother rhino's giving birth. <laughs> but I mean here's all right, here's the thing. So we've got this movie. The Mask came out the same year. Dumb and Dumber came out the same year. Yep. I watched all three of those, plus, you know, the other extraneous movies. And, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, all three are 100% different from the next one. Yeah. The only thing that stays is the face. And even that... He's got so many different facials and ways to, you know, manipulate his face that half the time that isn't even the truth. But I mean, nobody, who could, who, who, who has ever done quite such a feat with three movies that, I mean, come on, let's face it. Everybody knows all three of these by heart. Yes. And, you know, it's like, Three totally separate characters. You know, the mask is like a comic. Completely different people. You know, he's, he's a shy, straight-laced yeah. guy by day, and then, you know, it's it's something else that changes his personality. But, yeah, it's... But for him to go from, you know, Stanley during the day and then the mask at night, like, that's two polar opposites. And, and then, then you've you... got Ace... Who's just, he's over the top and he's crazy, but he's believable as a human being. Yes. And he's good at what he does. Mm -hmm. You know, he resonates with these, like, you know, when he put it together about, you know, Finkel being Einhorn and Einhorn being Finkel, that was because the Yorkie laid down over a pitcher of Finkel. Like, you know, the animals help him, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's just trying to get by, 
uh, he does a hell of a job of it. And then you got Lloyd Christmas, who is just a straight up buffoon, mm-hmm. but funny as hell. Like, and the, each character is funny in a different way. Yes, he, he's not using he's not using the same style of humor each time. No, he's not using the same. I guess you could say like greater level. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of immature jokes in all these movies, but there's different levels of it. And, 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 and the way he can hit all these different things, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, you know, I, I'd i watch another Ace Ventura, but I don't think he has no, it in him these days. He's not doing it anymore, unfortunately. But And it's a real shame we never got a sequel to The Mask. I think okay. that had sequel potential. A good sequel to The Mask. Well, yeah. I, I did watch Son of Mask recently, but that was... Sorry. Thumbs down on that one. But, you know, like, I haven't watched Ace Ventura when nature calls in years. And it all came back to me as I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, when he's in the rhino and he's sweating and, and he's taking... <laughs> and he's got his underwear off and they're soaked. Like... Oh, and then the family just comes up, and the guy's just, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. yeah. And Dumb and Dumber, like, <coughs> you know, him and Jeff Daniels. E- oh, even 20 years later when they did Dumb and Dumber 2, like, it wasn't as funny as the original, but it was still funny. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they had the same chemistry. Yeah. It's like they picked up where they left off. But... Yeah. I mean, gosh. So, what did we think of the setting of Miami? Definitely goes with his outfits that he wears. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the Miami vibe, you know, the Hawaiian shirt, the pants tucked into the boots, the boots on tied, or, you know, when he's running around the mental institution with the uh, tutu on, like... You know, it, it, and plus, you have the dolphins. Well, here, here's here's my theory on this. Okay. It could only have happened in Florida. Yes. Leave out, leave out the 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 whole dolphins, the mascot, all that football stuff. Mm-hmm. This movie, this these characters can only exist in Florida. Yes. He is a Florida man. Mm-hmm. Finkel is a Florida family. Yes. Like that, they, they could have called this Florida man pet detective and we'd have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. This came out before Florida man was a thing, but it just goes to show. I mean, could you? Could Ahead you of really, its time. Yeah. The the only other place you can really picture Finkel's family is deep, 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 uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas. Yes. Or Alabama. Or... Those are your two extremes. I don't know. I don't even think they fit in Alabama. Don't think so? Nope. Not enough no. family intermixing. Um, but. <laughs> sorry, Mark. Full tide. Uh... <laughs> Once again, sorry, Mark. <laughs> Love um, you. <laughs> but I mean, it really, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen anywhere else. No, you're right. 
I, li- I like your philosophy on that. So, uh, I'll the, s- the script and the dialogue. I I don't know how much of that was actually scripted. <laughs> I mean, you've got to figure the way he could rattle off lines. I'm sure a lot of that was ad lib, yeah. but I mean. I wouldn't even begin to know how to write for a person or a character like that. So I would say that it was pretty damn good. Like, especially believable. Yeah. And, you know, the, oh, righty then, the way he moves his jaw. Mm -hmm. And some of the faces that he makes, you're just like, what the hell? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, how can you do that when when he's wiggling his ears? You know, the little, it's, anybody can go, Alrighty then. Mm-hmm. But the way he does it and delivers it and with the facial expressions that he makes, you know. Yeah, there's a difference between being able to do it and knowing how to do it, and he knows how to do it. Yeah. Because I can wiggle my ears and I can say all that stuff, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, like, it was like this role was written for him. Which I'm sure he made a lot of it his own. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then like running around the the psych ward, like, he was believable. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. How about the length? Uh, I forgot to put the length. Good job. I'm sure it was somewhere around 90 minutes. I can tell you it flew by. Oh, yeah. It was so enjoyable. How can it not? An hour and 26. Right so around I, 90 minutes. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it was perfect time, like a perfect length. And, you know, I, I started watching it, you know, Monday night. And it next thing I know, it was over. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, where'd that hour and a half go? But. It just moves so flu- fluidly, you know, gets the case, starts solving the case, mm-hmm. or working the case, solves the case, has to prove it, his theory, and it ends up true. So, but yeah, a perfect length for a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I really don't think we need to ask this question, but do we recommend this movie? Hell yes. Of course. I don't think you should be allowed in a movie theater if you haven't seen this movie. Did Did you see this or the sequel in the theaters? Probably, but it's I hard mean, to say. It was a long time ago. It was 1994. And, like, the sequel... Chances are, I think I saw The Mask in theaters. I don't think I saw this one. I know I saw Ace Ventura when Nature Calls in the theaters. Yeah, mostly I definitely saw that one, which only came out the next year. Yeah. Which, again, you already had those three movies in one year, and then you already add in the sequel to this. That's, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. (laughs) You know, like, what year was... Billy Madison and the Waterboy are happy Gilmore. Like, no, that's that. 
I think he definitely took the the reins from Adam Sandler after 94 with those three movies coming out. And then he started doing more serious roles. But see, no, because no, he did it first. Because Billy Madison was until '95, so they did it right around the same time. Okay. But I, I still, I'd have to give it to Jim. Yep. As far oh, as yeah. out the gate success, it's got to go to Carrie. Oh, definitely. You know, the once again, you look at an Adam Sandler who did the you know, and that's that's about the extent of his thing. Where Jim Carrey, he's got the you know the um, the facial expression, sprinkle a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, even back when he was on In Living Color, like you know, oh, Fire okay. Marshal Bill, you know, yeah, well, <laughs> classics. Yeah. All right. So, as we've already discussed, there was a sequel, East Mature of Nature Calls, 1995. Another truly great classic comedy movie, separate but equal. Yep. Um, then they had the animated television series, East Mature Pet Detective, for three seasons from 95 to 2000. And a terrible standalone made for television sequel, East Ventura Jr. Pet Detective, in 2009. IMDb gave it 6.9, Rotten Tomatoes 48%. What does John give this movie for a rating? John gives this movie a 4 out of 5 mugs. See, I gotta go 4 and 3 quarters. 4 and 3 quarters? Mm-hmm. I have to, I have to be different. I have to be. To let you know that this, yeah. this movie is, it's, it's essential. It needs to be seen. And that's why you picked it. <laughs> So, all right. All right. Yeah, so, do it. before we close the bar, what are we discussing next week? Do you remember? Not a goddamn clue. It's Kyle's pick, and we're doing Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then after that, we're going to cover the summer 2023 movie lineup for the summer. And then we got some Blown Away. Last Action Hero. Then on June 23rd, we're going to do a fresh from the stream. Even though it really won't be fresh at that point, but it might be streaming by then. We're going to cover Evil Dead Rises. I'm excited for that one. So. All right. Shut it down. D-Bar is now declosed. Thank you for listening. You can follow and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at the Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook and Movie Bar Pod on YouTube, which this episode will be dropping on Saturday for the video format. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. Thank you for listening. Please let us let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via the email at themoviebar at outlook.com. 
Please be sure to like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Bye. Alrighty then. Good old Mr. Winky. HDS, sir, and how are you this afternoon? Alrighty then. I have a package for you. Sounds broken. Most likely, sir. I'll bet it was something nice, though.